Guys, today we're going to be talking about the age-old question, am I big enough for her? Is she going to like my dick? And the short answer to that is if you know how to use it and you got some other sexy skills, it's pretty much guaranteed she will enjoy your dick. But I'm aware there's more to it than that. You know, there's other body image insecurities that come into play as well for a lot of you guys. So let's dive in and I'm going to share you my female perspective on this topic. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Where I want to begin is general body insecurity for you guys. Because I know it's more than just your penis size. Um, There are also parts of your body you maybe don't feel great about, don't feel so confident in. And this can have a lot to do with how you perform. Sometimes you don't even realize it. Um, I'm working with a client currently who didn't see the major correlation between his body image insecurities and his experiences with erectile dysfunction. And when he realized how often he was talking down his body, even internally, even just in his head, like the things he was thinking about when he looked at himself in the mirror had so much to do with the strength of his erection because when he was able to call out those voices in his head and shift them and observe them and learn from them and train them to be different, he noticed a different experience the next time he had sex. So interesting correlation, Very valid because there's clearly a connection between the comfortability we have in our body along with a very physical, vulnerable act that takes place between two bodies or many bodies or one body, right? So um, so going into, if, if you are a man struggling with body image insecurity and say, say you are that guy who does look in the mirror and you don't think great things. Maybe you even avoid the mirror altogether because you're just not happy with what you see. You may not be proud of yourself. You may feel down for not being genetically gifted. Whatever the case may be, my first step that I advise to you, and take in mind I'm not a counselor, a psychological counselor. I am a sexologist. So I studied psychology. I have a BA in psychology, but I am a sexologist and a sex coach for men. That's my area of expertise. I am not an expert at body image issues. So let me just put that out there so you know. Um, But what I have found helpful for my clients with body image issues, especially around their dick, and we're going to get more specifically to that, but even around body image is first taking a neutral viewpoint of it. Because right now you might have a very negative viewpoint. You might look at yourself and think something bad, right? Think like, like, I hate the way I look, right? Hate is a very strong word and we forget that. And when you use it again and again, 
it's creating this this inner anger and this distance between you and your self-confidence and self-love for yourself. Self-love for yourself. You know what I mean? Um, so if you can at least take the step towards neutralizing the thoughts you have about yourself so that they're not hateful and they're not super negative, but they're, eh, they're like in that in-between place. Eh, that's what I mean by that. <laughs> you want to find that middle spot because what happens and what we see in, on social media and just what a lot of people say is like, be positive, like don't be negative, be positive. But when you're negative, it's not so easy to jump to positive. And it's not even, in my opinion, it's not even safe to do because first of all, you can't maintain it. Second of all, it feels like such bullshit because you're like so far away from positivity that it's stupid. You know, you feel you feel like being positive is stupid because it actually is. It's so far off from how you're actually feeling. So why try to go from zero to 100? As I always tell you guys, don't jump from zero to 100. Wow, this rule actually actually applies to more than I thought it would. <laughs> don't go zero to 100. Um, because you you want to be realistic with yourself. It's the same reason why you don't set goals that that are just extremely out of your your realm of what you're currently doing. It's good to dream big and you should dream big in general. But if you're like, I'm going to make a million dollars this year and you have no game plan of doing so, chances are that's just going to be an overwhelming goal that you never get to, right? And that's what a lot of people do today. Um, you know, they just like say, oh, well, I really want this. And it's like, dude, look at where you're at though. Like, and you have to know what steps it takes to get to that so that you could be confident in your progress towards it. And I think that's why a lot of people give up on themselves because they don't feel a sense of progress. They just feel like, oh, I didn't go from, I didn't jump to all the way to 100 and I keep um, falling back and what's the word? Relapsing, right? I keep relapsing, so something must be wrong with me. I may not want it. I, I may not want it enough and or maybe I'm just fucked up, you know? And then you actually start thinking more negative things about yourself. So going back to the whole neutralizing concept is it sounds more like, eh, all right, I don't love the way that I look, but I'm not going to say I hate it. Or you catch yourself saying, oh, I hate the way I look. And then right away you're like, you change that mindset. And even if you have to change it out loud, which I think is extremely important and I encourage my clients to do when they're dealing with something like this but even catching yourself and saying uh all right I don't I don't want to say I hate myself I don't want to believe I hate myself because I or I hate my image because I really don't hate it I just there's parts of it that I dislike and I wish were different that is a great step from someone who looks at themselves and normally would think oh I hate the way I look a great next step is not I love the way I look because that's bullshit to you. You don't love the way you look, so don't lie to yourself and tell yourself false affirmations to try to brainwash yourself into something that just is so far away from the truth, right? We want to slowly get to the point where that is the truth, but you got to take it step by step. Baby steps, just like anal sex, right? Baby steps to get to the point <laughs> of anal penetration. You start by rubbing it. You start by calling attention to it. You lick your finger, then touch it, right? And then you take these steps to slowly get to your dick being in there. All right, but anyway, going back to my actual point. Um, it's important to take the baby steps 
um, so that it feels realistic to you and it doesn't feel overwhelming and you feel this sense of, oh, wow, all right, that was a little different and it was a little better. Cool. And in time, that's more manageable. That's a healthy way, in my opinion, based on my experience and what I've helped clients do. That's what's going to help them stick to it long term. That's what will help them build a new habit. It's what helped me build new habits, you know, and I even to this day, I am trying very hard to to call out myself whenever I have moments of expressing I can't do something or that you're even that saying I hate something. And I was on the phone the other day with my friend and I said to her, oh, I hate I hate this person. They drive me crazy. And then I caught myself and I was like, whoa, all right, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I don't hate this person. They just drive me crazy sometimes. So I shouldn't even, I don't even want to be using that word. Not that I shouldn't, but as a, a person who has certain values, I don't want the word hate in my vocabulary. I also don't want the word I can't in my vocabulary. So whenever I use those words by mistake, because I'm human and I'm going to make mistakes, I'm going to fuck up. And I understand that in myself and I give myself grace for that. But the important part is fixing it once I've said it on accident or catch myself, right? So in, the, in that moment, I said, all right, that I didn't mean to say that, by the way. I don't hate them. They just drive me crazy. And I will literally rephrase myself either via text or person to person while I'm talking to someone. If I just said something and then we change topics, I will literally go back and say, hey, remember when I said that like a few seconds ago? I actually don't hate them. (laughs) So even if it sounds crazy, you know, I'm not saying everyone has to do this, but this is my way of training myself so that, first of all, the people I'm in a relationship know that I'm hyper aware of this. And it's, if anything, I think it gains me respect from my loved ones because I surround myself with people who want to be better people, who want to be kind people. So if they see me calling myself out like that, they respect it. They think it's a good thing. And I do too, right? Our values are in order. Maybe if you said it to someone whose values weren't that way, they didn't give a shit and they said hate all the time, they'd be like, dude, it's fine. You're like, don't worry about it. But if it matters to you, fix it. Just like the self-talk. If you know that the way you look at yourself and you're talking to yourself a certain way because you see a certain image, if you know that vocabulary and that voice is not working for you, you have to fix it. It's your job to do something about that. And don't let other people tell you, oh, it's not important. Oh, that doesn't really matter. If it matters to you, take control over it. Take accountability, you know, because that's what, when we stick to our own word, that builds confidence. And this is why a lot of people lack confidence. They don't say, they don't do what they say they're going to do. And they don't, they don't value themselves enough to, to make changes in this way. And they let other people tell them what's important to them or not. No, you decide what's important to you. And then you take action from there. Right? So, um, so I think it's important to note, to note also, if you have a negative self-talk around your body, Notice who you surround yourself with and how they talk about themselves because that's going to show you a lot of what's been accepted by the people closest to you and why maybe it's so easy for you to relapse in this way. Just going back to those old habits and patterns, right? And and yeah, I just, I really take pride 
Like, I feel proud of myself when I'll be talking to Andrew and I'll say like, oh, I just like can't do, I can't figure this out. And we've had conversations about this before, which I'm, I'm pretty sure I mentioned in a previous recent episode. But he had to talk to me about my lack of agency at one point when I was dealing with the health stuff at the start. And I was like, I can't do this. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm depressed. Like, I'm scared. This is horrible. And it was just all of this. I can't control. I can't control. That was all the messaging coming out. And he had to sit me and me. He had to sit me down and say, getting a little excited here. (laughs) He had to sit me down and say, Steph, you're focusing on all these things you can't control and you're not the person, the person I have fell in love with was a person of high agency. And I want to know, like, is that really you? Because maybe you just need a reminder, you know? So basically he was reminding me of who I said I wanted to be. And that is a person who believes I can do, I can handle whatever comes my way. You know, regardless of how tough it is, I will find a way to handle it and work through it. And I won't say I can't and just give up. So after that reminder, I've been very diligent in calling myself out and paying attention to how often the word in my head comes out where I'm like, I can't do this. Um, And then I'll catch it and I'll say, no, that's not true. I can. I just have to figure it out. It might take a long time. This may take five hours to figure out, but I can figure it out. So... Anyway, the power of retraining yourself is to call out your bullshit is what I'm saying. And you could do it, but first you got to be aware of the bullshit. So in this case, you got to be aware of what your thoughts are around your body in order to change them. And when it comes to changing them, it's important to not jump all the way to 100 of, I love myself. I love my pecs. I love my shoulders. Wow. My biceps look really good. If you're like inside, you're boiling and you're like, this is so, (laughs) this is so fake. You don't want to go there, right? You want to just start with what is the next step for you? Maybe the next step for you is, hey, I look really good today. So you got to understand where your current level is at. If your current level is I can't even look at myself, then maybe the next step is simply looking at yourself for three seconds whenever you come across a mirror in your house. Maybe that's your next step to overcoming your body image insecurities and feeling confident in your own skin. And that's important. Always know like what are you overcoming and where are you trying to get to? Because a lot of people are like, oh, I just don't want to, I want to get rid of these insecurities. Okay, but then what do you want to get towards? Because we don't want to just run away from the pain. We want to be running towards something too. And um, it's interesting because there's, there's evidence that proves um, it's a stronger motivator to run away from pain than it is to run towards pleasure. Um. But I think, you know, the, when it's in tandem, that's even most, that's most powerful. So they've done studies on this where, you know, the most uh, powerful is that combination of running away from pain and running towards pleasure. But you got to know what the pleasure is for you. So I want you to understand your current level. Think about this right now. What's your current level in terms of your general body insecurity? Where do you feel you're at? in terms of a struggle with this. What is the goal? And maybe the goal is I want to be able to look in the mirror and be like, all right, I'd fuck me. (laughs) I'd fuck me. (laughs) Is that, I think that's the quote from Silence of the Lambs, right? So creepy. But one of my favorite movies. I hate scary movies, but I love psychological thrillers and that's one of my favorite ones. All right, anyway. So, and then once you know your goal, 
you look at the the next step for yourself. What is the very next step for me? What is the baby step for me that's going to show me I can maintain, I can make progress and maintain it easier, easier than jumping to 100, right? It's like weight loss. It's like so many people are like, I want to lose 10 pounds in a week. And some people do. They make it happen by starving themselves and crash dieting. Um, and it's just, it's not healthy. So your body can't maintain, it can't sustain what you're doing. So then you start, bin, you end up binging and then going back to square one very close after. You don't want to do that. And too many people do that with this false positivity asp, this false positivity method of treating insecurities. And that's why I think it's not working for so many people. It's not sustainable because it's so unrealistic. Um, when you take a little step at a time, and you, you take a step for like maybe a whole week and then the next week you're like, what's my next step? And then what's my next step? That's where you grow in maintenance and where you eventually change your overall habit. All right? So, um, yeah, I hope that works for you guys. I hope this is resonating and makes sense. And if you need help because maybe you're like, this is, this is a lot for me. Like I wouldn't know what my next step is. I wouldn't know what the things to do are when it comes to taking a next step. Then you can apply for my coaching. So my coaching link is in the description of this episode. I, I know it says in there there's a waiting list, but my waiting list just got lifted. So I have a spot, one spot that can be immediate, immediately taken. So if you want to apply, the link is in uh, the show notes, like I said and apply for one-on-one coaching where I will give you your step-by-step plan and I will also hold you accountable to it and help you through it. Going back to the topic, we're going to shift here a little bit to focus on dick size. So we talked about general body insecurity and a tactic to help you overcome it, kind of like a general overarching tactic. And now I want to um, first just talk about the importance or the lack of importance of your dick size. Not to say that it's not important. We love your dick. (laughs) Your dick is amazing. I love my boyfriend's dick. I genuinely sometimes think I have a better relationship with his penis than with him. And I'll be like, (laughs) like last night I was just talking to his dick and I was like, one day we're going to run away together and it's going to be amazing. (laughs) My boyfriend's like, what the fuck? But we were cracking up because I'm like, you know, sometimes I think he's my third, he's my, my third boyfriend, my second boyfriend. (laughs) Um, And it's just funny. I have like a special relationship with his penis. But anyway, I love his dick, right? But when it comes to size, that's never something that with any of my partners, and I've had many partners, I've just never seen even with the smaller dicks that I've come into contact with, I've never once thought twice about it. I genuinely have not. Um, And I want to say the smallest was probably um, around four to five inches that I've been with. And I just, like, I obviously knew it was smaller than average. Like, I'm not, like, I've been with enough, with enough guys to know where the average lies. And, you know, it's, it's true. What's average is average. Um, average now is a little over six inches. But, but yeah, at the time, I'm just like, 
had a thing with that person and moved on. Um, I didn't think about, I never talked about him with anyone. I never told any girlfriends, oh, he has a small dick. I didn't, there was never any overthinking it. It was just, what did I think of the sexual experience I had with him? And that experience wasn't great. Um, Maybe he was insecure about being small. Um, But years later, I had a really great sexual experience with a guy who's also around four to five. And it was hands down one of the best sexual experiences I've ever had. Honestly, like I am straight up genuine. And there was not much penetration. I will be honest with that. Also, let me just add that even if there was penetration, four inches is enough to penetrate. All right, that's a comfortable penetration. There's a lot you can do moving your body in order to make that pleasurable experience. The the G-spot is two to three inches up. That's what you need to give pleasure via penetration size-wise. Plus, like, more women pay attention to girth rather than length. And I know most of you are obsessed with your length. The girth helps to fill her up. And even if, you do, even if you're not very girthy, there are things to help you with this. You know, like penis sleeves and stuff like that. So there's always options. There's always tools. There's always ways to create a pleasurable experience regardless of your size, what your dick looks like, what it's shaped like, etc. But it's a comfortable fuck is around five to about seven. Seven's even a little too big for the average woman. Like seven is starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, can't take this penetration for much, for very long, right? I can take it to this extent. After seven, it gets uncomfortable pretty quick. And there are less positions you can do, less pounding, less angles because of the size, right? So it's so funny how like so many guys crave this eight inch cock. Most women do not (laughs) crave an eight inch cock. They don't. And like I said, even seven is getting to that that point where it's like, okay, I can only go for this long or I can only do this for the majority of women. So really, you got to understand that if you're in that if you're in that average spot, you are perfect. You're great. And if you're not and you're smaller than average, then there are still ways to make that a comfortable, pleasurable, sexy fuck. And it's more so about the skill sets and how you're using it. So just want to clarify that, that regardless of you, um, like even penetration, and if penetration is something you want to focus on a lot during your sex experience because that's what your partner prefers, that's what you prefer, cool. Regardless, even if you're small, you can make it work. Um, but as a woman who is out of the 75% in terms of needing clitoral stimulation and cannot orgasm via just vaginal penetration alone like I will get there but the clitoris has to be involved somehow somehow some way (laughs) um even if it's just like a little rubbing I just like I'm trying to find a way to just like get this through to your guys heads that I've never over overthought the actual dick size I overthink the sexual experience so when it comes to talking with girlfriends if he's a shitty lover it's never just because he has a small dick. It's never, you never hear from a woman, oh, he had a small dick, it sucked. Because there are also stories where it's like, yeah, he was smaller than average, but it was amazing. 
it really is about how are you using it? Because you're not just putting, if you're just like robotically putting a dick in and out and there's no other form of expression or connection, that's, that's shitty sex, you know? And you, there are some guys who have small dicks because, and they have insecurities because of their size and the fact that they haven't had enough experience and they haven't really embraced their sexuality. So because of the lack of experience, they have maybe comments from, from women where they, they found out it wasn't great or whatever. And then they assume it's just because of their size. That is not true. It's because of your lack of skill sets around the size. It's how you're using your size. Because like I said, it's not, you're not supposed to just use your dick robotically in and out, in and out, right? It's a rhythm. There's a rhythm to it. There's a flow to it. There's a body roll type motion sometimes, right? To get that like intense, maybe slower, deep, intense, hard penetration. Um, even when you're doing doggy, you know, there's things to, if you're just pounding away in the same angle in this robotic motion for 10 minutes or 20 minutes even, let's say you can, let's say you have an eight inch cock and you pound a woman from behind for 10 minutes. Trust me, she's not enjoying that. Like overall, if that's all you do, she's not going to leave and be like, that was amazing sex because his dick was so huge. No, she's going to be like, he was boring. And all he did was pound me from behind. And that was, yeah, it was like, whatever. Or she'll say, oh, he had a nice cock, but he just like doesn't know how to use it. Or he was just like, it, it wasn't great. Like, that's the majority of women. They're going to look at the sexual experience. Are there women out there who are obsessed with big cocks and that's like a fetish of theirs? Of course. Just like guys have fetishes with around big boobs right? Or, uh, or tiny boobs or whatever. We, we all have our things. So there's always going to be people who really want and only want big cocks because that's what gets them off psychologically and it's just in them. But that's not the majority of women. <laughs> that is not the majority. The majority of women are looking for the actual sexual experience. And going back to me saying that one of my best, and I am truly on top five best sexual experiences with a man who had one of the smallest dicks I was with. I swear to God. Um, and like I said, there was not much penetration, but there was such an intense connection. The chemistry was on fire. The, there was so much touching and caressing and gentle movement and talking to me in a really dirty way sexy way it was the lighting was great like the mood was set um we were exploring like areas of our body where we were just like touching each other and talking about that part of like what we liked about it so there was this connection in language um we were making a lot of eye contact I'm pretty sure we did like this breathing thing together like we were talking about like a breathing exercise and then we tried it and then there was like laughter. There was just so much intense connection and I got super turned on. And I will remember that experience to this day. Like when people are like, what are your top five sex experiences? That will hands down be one every time. And if they ask me, oh, did he have a big cock? I'll say, no, it wasn't. It wasn't even average, but it was hot. Like, oh my God. So hopefully Andrew's not listening to this. Baby, I love you. I love your dick. I love sex with you. <laughs> um, sometimes I wonder if it's hard for him to hear this stuff. Um, it must be to some extent. But he's, 
he's super supportive and really good about, you know, we talk about our own sexual experiences um, with other people to each other. So this is, yeah. Open books. Um, so yeah, so I just really want to drill in the fact that it's about the way you guys connect. And if you can have confidence in yourself and in your body, it's going to help you practice to have more sex because sex, once again, as I mentioned in previous episodes, is a skill set that you have to practice and get better at. You're not just going to automatically be a sex god. It's not going to happen. A lot of guys with big dicks think that they are, that like that's how it works. But, you know, I've also had a sexual relationship with a guy with a huge dick and it was painful not like most of the time, but a lot of the time, like certain positions were just too painful after a while. Um, it was hard to give my best head because it was on the bigger side. Um, so it wasn't as comfortable for me. Um, did I enjoy the the thickness and the bigness of it? Yeah, I did. Like it definitely aroused me to be like, wow, like this is a big dick. This is hot. Um, that's still exciting. Like, to be honest, as a woman, it's like, ooh, he has a big, nice cock. Wow, that's amazing, right? We're definitely turned on by that. But every, like, each, every dick size has its pros and cons. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And um, there are more women who complain about dicks being too big than too small because we, we don't want pain. And if you can use your smaller dick with a certain rhythm in a certain way, to hit her G-spot, which is two to three inches up into her vagina, it will still provide pleasure. Plus, you can use toys and stuff along with that. So it's it's really like there, there really are pros and cons. Because once again, like one of my other top five would be the guy with the big dick. Because I had a... Uh, because, not because of the sex, but because of my connection with him. And because of what we talked about most of the time. And our... Um, our relationship dynamic was very sexy. So it was a different sexy experience. And I don't categorize him because of his dick alone. Because if he just had the dick that he had and had no skill sets or relationship with me around that dick, he would not be in my top five. So what I'm trying to say is there's so many of you guys obsessed over oh, like, how can I make it bigger? Or it has to, it's not big enough to be good. She's going to laugh at me. She's going to tell her friends. And then you're actually creating these problems in yourself, like delayed ejaculation and premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction, right? The, the main three that I'm always talking about. And a lot of these come from the way you're viewing your penis. When really, why don't we look at it like the same way we talked about the body image? Like, if you were to view it more neutrally, Right. Because maybe you hear everything I'm saying and you're like, all right, but you're one woman stuff. Plus you're a sexologist. You're super understanding. You're just different because I know some guys are going to think that. But to even look at your dick and say, all right, if I'm not super proud of it, if I don't love it, if I don't feel great about it, um, how can I talk about it differently in a more neutral way? If I'm talking really like negative about it and shameful about it. How can I at least make it make a step towards neutral language? And maybe that neutral language is just like, you know, I got what I got and I'm going to use it to the best of my ability. That's it. Right? Maybe that's your next neutral step. Maybe you've been at the neutral place and you're like, you know what? It's time to acknowledge it a little bit more because, hey, like I have had a bunch of really great sex experiences and 
I got to trust myself and I got to like, I got to appreciate that he's part of the experience. That was great. Like he played a role. He played a, he, he played a role. So let's give him credit, you know, and actually looking back at your top three to five sex experiences that were amazing for you and ideal, kind of like a mental cookie jar Goggin style, but for sex and your dick. <laughs> like what are the top three to five best experiences you've had sexually? And I want you to also expand your mind so that you're not just making it around your dick. That's the whole point of this. It's not all about your dick. It's not all about the size. You know how when women are like, oh, I gained a little weight, like turn off the lights during sex. And you're like, babe, I don't care. Like I can't, I can't even tell. Like, what are you talking about? You look amazing. That's how women feel towards guys obsessing over their dick size. It's like, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Come on. <laughs> Let's just like have sex. Let's just connect. Um, so it's, it's similar in that way because it's more about the relationship, the connection, the energy you're bringing to the sex experience than your appendage that plays a part. And he's important, right? We love him, but he's not the main star of the show. At least he doesn't have to be. So let's stop putting him in the spotlight because he's, he has too much pressure that way. There's too much pressure and it's unnecessary. So I want you to think right now about your, your three to five top sex experiences and when you think about those things as you're thinking right now think like what can I start accepting about myself as a good lover or someone who's good at sex or is capable of having great sex and think like all right well this one time this one time I was making out with this with this girl and and it was just such a hot make out and she ended up taking off her shirt and I was sucking on her tits and she was rubbing against me to the point where she came and there wasn't even any penetration, but it was just so hot. And then, and I was just dirty talking to her, like guiding her along the way, like while she was stripping and being a bad girl. And I was just like telling her what to do and it was super hot. That's something that you can look at is like, wow, that was a hot sexual experience that didn't involve penetration and wasn't me obsessing over my dick. And what I could take away from that in terms of my skill sets is that I, I'm i good at dirty talk, um, or I was with her. We had a really good dirty talk flow that felt really sexy. Um, I was really comfortable making eye contact with her during an experience where she was so up close in my face and it was just like, it was super hot to just stare into her eyes and talk to her the way that I did. Like, that was hot. I feel confident in the way I groped her and just felt her body, like, while she was rubbing against me and how I was able to, like, rub her back and forth and she was holding onto my muscles while I did that. That felt really good. So you're, like, pulling apart experiences to see where your confidence lies. Because when you find areas of your sex life that you're confident in, you're able to go into sex feeling more confident overall and also realizing, wow, I have other tools in the toolbox besides him, besides your dick. You got other stuff to work with that actually makes the sex experience great because it's not your dick alone. It can never be your dick alone. I've had guys just penetrate me, like I've said, and it's just, it's boring. Like, no, regardless of how beautiful their cock is, it's like, all right, he has a nice cock, but he, it was sucked. <laughs> like, the experience sucked. Because there was no connection. There was no passion. There was no, like, excitement. There was no fun. There was none of the things that make it 
an enjoyable, connected experience. If that's lacking, it's not going to be memorable. You are not memorable for your dick size alone. You're just not. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you guys want to be and you're like fighting for that. <laughs> like, Just give up on that fight and start appreciating the other areas where you have confidence in and you could build that confidence, which will actually help you use your dick better. Because when you use your body better and when you're more in tune with your sexual like expression, when you feel more sexual as a man, like your being is more sexual, you unleash more of that energy. You're more comfortable talking dirty. You're more comfortable like telling her what to do or asking her questions. Like you're just, you're more comfortable in the way you relate sexually with someone. And this is why the sex meditations are so helpful. So check those out in the description too, because I'm about to put out another eight where I'm going to start working on phases like beginner, middle, beginner, intermediate, and advanced for staying present in the moment during sex. That's, that's three of the eight that are going out. Um, plus another one going out, I know for sure is around helping you reduce your porn intake and use more of your, your mental creativity. So check that out in the description because these sex meditations are to help you feel more in your body sexually so that you're not mindless when it comes to having sex with someone. You're not so like lacking presence and in your head because you're able to actually feel and be very aware of what feels good for you through exercises like sex meditations and mindful masturbation. That's a huge tool, a huge stepping stone that so many of you guys are missing out on if you're not using it. Um, I'm not saying you have to do my sex meditations, but mindful masturbation is what you need to start doing the majority of your solo play time, solo masturbation time. Um, Because uh, another important point that goes right with this is that like I'm working with one of my clients right now feel was give, gave me a list of his desires and he had a lot of shame around these desires. And he's like, Steph, I've never shared these with anyone. I'm actually terrified to share them with the next woman I date. And I'm like, why don't you share them with me? Like just put them all in a document, share them with me and we'll talk about them so that we could create like a safety around them um, psychologically and that you can also feel like you're normal for having these fantasies or desires. So he puts them all in a doc. There's probably like 50. Um, and it was a really, it was, it was fun to read because I love this stuff, right? And I'm like, wow, like he's so normal. <laughs> like, we all have like these beginner things that we want to do with someone. And then maybe they get a little more, you know, heightened or intense. And then there's the things that are a little bit extreme, right? Where it's like, all right, this is pretty intense. And I would have to definitely have a conversation with someone before um, attempting this. I would definitely have to create space to share it with them before trying it. Um, and we all have those things. I know I have my things like that. Um, I'm sure you listening to this have your own. And if you don't, maybe you just haven't explored enough. But anyway, so after he sends me this list and we're, we're talking about it, he goes to me, Steph, I just wish I felt like this list was more a part of me. I don't feel like it's a part, like it just feels so far away from who I am and how I express myself. And I was like, well, let's talk about how often you masturbate. So we got into that conversation and it turns out he was regularly doing mindless masturbation where I'm like, you are so tuned out from your body, your body's sexual expression that you're not aware enough 
to understand what about your body feels really good and how often you're tying that sexual arousal to your desires during masturbation. And if you're not having a lot of sex with women and you're not making masturbation about tying your arousal to certain fantasies of yours or feeling your body or playing with your body in different ways to understand yourself more, then these won't feel like a part of you. Because, and they will feel distant because they, they are distant right now. There's no connection to your mind and your arousal and these desires. If there's no actual connection being built or nurtured, you will feel far from that thing. So anyway, solo masturbation and getting familiar with your body in terms of arousal and sexual expression is going to make you so much more confident. And it's important for you guys to not steer away from this out of shame. I know there's a lot of you who have so much shame and like your dick size, you're talking to yourself a certain way. So if you like, let's say you're not happy with your dick right now or your body and you don't want to be even naked by yourself, um, that's going to lead to you having less masturbation experiences, which means less self-awareness and self-sexual awareness, right? Less um, control over your different arousal phases, and if you have less control over your arousal phases, it's going to lead to problems like DE and PE, especially, right? And then the less masturbation you have, you, you experience, the less mindful masturbation you experience, um, the less you tend to have sex with your partner. I see this over and over and over. The, the guys who aren't having much sex with their partners are also not masturbating a lot or, and or don't have a lot of sexual self-awareness. And for the single guys, especially with PE, I have found that most of them are not masturbating often. And they're losing awareness. They're losing sight of themselves. They're like, they're getting, they're disfamiliarizing themselves. Is that a word? I don't know, but we're going to run with it. With the idea of being in their body, like they're, because they're ashamed of the PE. So it's like, oh, let's just ignore this part of my body and my expression and my life because it doesn't feel good. But the more you ignore it, guys, the bigger of a problem it becomes. And then the more resentment you have behind it. And then the more fear you have with women and having sex. So as scary as it is, you need to be working on these insecurities in order to gain self-sexual awareness um, so that you can be able to express it in a healthy, confident way with a future partner or current partner so that you can actually fulfill the things you're wanting in your sex life, um, fulfill your desires, fulfill certain fantasies, take those steps towards feeling confident in bed regardless of your dick size or the way that you look. Because I'll say another top five experience was, and these are just randomly popping up in my head as I'm talking about this, where I'm like, oh, that was a fond, that was a good experience, um, was with a guy who did not have the typical, like, sexy body, right, based on society standards. Um, he was on the skinny side. He was a nerd. Um, like, his personality was just, like, very nerdy and just, he was good at talking to me, not really other women, but I just, like, clicked with him. This was way back. I was a teenager. And I'll just remember it as one of the most pleasant, fun sexual experiences too, because he was so confident in himself. 
regardless of the way he looked or how he acted or related to many women. Like he was just, you could tell he was like proud to be him. And I still like, I literally just smile thinking of this guy because I'm like, wow, like he had like, it's kind of like in a joking way, like he had some nerve being so confident, you know, like it's like so funny to see a guy like that have such sexual confidence. And that confidence made me feel so like safe because it brought out my confidence. I was like, ooh, like he's so comfortable with himself. Like now I could be comfortable. And that doesn't mean the guy has to take the lead. I think that one person always takes the lead in regards to like who's who's more confident or, or feeling good in that scenario, right? And then we kind of like match each other's energy for the most part. Um, but anyway, in this case, he took the lead and I will, I'll never forget that because I'm like, wow, he's not the typical sexy guy, but this was one of the sexiest encounters, you know? And it's like one of the nerdiest guys I've ever met. And it was just really fun. Um, so that's just more evidence. What I'm doing is giving you evidence of experiences that are legit and did not have to do with the guy's dick size. It had to do with the, the, the connection that was built between um, me and these partners that made it so memorable. Um, so yeah, going back to what you can start accepting about your, I mean, we were talking about the three to five best memories, right? And saying that they don't all have to be about your dick being in the spotlight, but let's, let's take one where your dick was in the spotlight, right? Cause we do want to give him like, we don't want to totally just be like, it's not about you. It's never going to be about you again. <laughs> like He's definitely involved. He plays a part, right? He's one of them. He's one of the leads in the show. Um, he's not the whole show. He's one of the leads. So if we, if we also take a memory from your memory bank, your mental cookie jar, your mental sex cookie jar, um, and you ask yourself, all right, what was, what was an experience I've had sexually where um, I was just really proud to like in terms of the way I used him and and how I penetrated and um or how she how she complimented him I say him because I'm used to talking to Andrew's dick and I like think of him as another <laughs> special <laughs> so weird I don't know I just think it's nicer to be like oh he like he's his own being I don't know I feel like every dick is like oh he it's like I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but I think it's funny and I'm just, I run with it and I like it. So I don't care. So anyway, when he was, think of a time when he was a little more in the spotlight and what you can appreciate about that moment. Maybe you're like, you know what? I, I, I thought that was so hot when I was doing this and I did this position and we just like flowed with it and it just felt amazing. Um, or it's just a current thing that's very consistent where you're like, you know what? I may not have the size I want, but I like the amount I ejaculate. Um, I'm not crazy about my girth, but I can last as long as I want. And that's awesome. And that's something I hear a lot of guys struggle with. So I'm going to not take that for granted and appreciate that right now. Um, maybe I'm not crazy about the size, but I I do love the way it it feels when I get, when I get a blowjob, it's like the, I get the best orgasms ever. And that's pretty cool. Or I have a partner who, um, loves giving me, loves, gives, loves giving me head or always talks, like makes comments about how she likes my dick or how she enjoys our sex. So looking at the parts of you too, 
like directly about your dick so that you can also appreciate him and find ways to make him a part of the whole picture, right? So that it's not just about him, but he's included in the whole picture of what makes you a great sex partner and what allows you to build on your sex skills. He's a part. He's one of the leads. He's not the whole show. So let's still appreciate him and let's still appreciate the parts of you that maybe you're taking for granted right now when it comes to your dick. And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, I'm fine with my size. I, I, um, and there's, there's definitely like, there, I, I definitely lack confidence in like how to use him. So if you're listening to this and you're like fine with your size and it's more so about the confidence, um, look into, like think about these memories in terms of the skill sets and even look at ethical, this is why I brought up the ethical porn site on my Instagram called Cheeks that I have a code for if you want to check it out in my in my bio. Um, but that's searching my, my Instagram bio. But searching content where you can actually learn different types of skill sets sexually and see different things that guys are doing and just like observe it from a training standpoint. Like don't even jerk off to it. Like watch these ethical porns that teach you different styles of sex so that you could start experimenting in a way that doesn't seem so daunting for you, but it's like, hey, all right, like I never thought to try that position or, oh, this is what this guy did or this is what a dirty talk dominating sound clip sounds like. They have that in in the Cheeks subscription, which you could try for free for seven days if you use my code in my Instagram bio. And the difference between these two subscriptions I mentioned, the first one is my sex meditations, which helps you understand the way you express yourself sexually. It's going to ask you thought-provoking questions so that you're like, oh, I didn't realize I wanted that. Oh, I didn't realize I was thinking like that around sex. Oh, I didn't realize I could jerk off this way, right? And then there's some jerk-off instruction meditations too. So thought-provoking coaching-type meditations that you can fall asleep to to reprogram your mind around how you're viewing sex and having sex. Um, And also some jerk-off instruction to help you edge and deal with Um, problems like PE and DE and ED. Um, Then the Cheek subscription is an ethical porn site. So this is where you can actually view um, different porns that have different, all different body types. Um, And this, I'm not even getting paid for this ad. I'm just, I just believe that if you guys were to view porn from an educational standpoint in a site that encompasses many different forms, like like it has an audio dirty talk of a dominating guy. Like, I think that could be really powerful. If you're like, oh, I want to be more dominating, but I'm not sure how to say it. I'm not sure how to say it with boundaries involved. That's something that's on cheeks, which I think is really cool and helpful for you guys who want to build confidence in your skill sets or feel like, I don't know what to do next. You know, like, I feel like I need more skills. I'm fine with my dick, but maybe my skills suck. So anyway, that's why I'm plugging in cheeks right now because I truly believe in everything that I... I try to um, get you guys to to try out. You know, I, I find value in everything I share with you. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sharing it with you. So if you want to try out Cheeks for seven days for free, you can go to my Instagram bio because um, there's a code that you can use there that's special. And if you want to uh, sign up for my sex meditations, that's in the description below. So... Um, Overall, guys, I want you to just to improve your confidence. And the way you're going to improve your confidence 
by the way you view yourself is by taking one step at a time. And going back to the beginning of this podcast and what I've really been trying to ingrain in you is that you won't change and handle your insecurities overnight, right? But it's important to view where you're at, to come from a place of understanding your current behavior and language around where you're at so that you can know the next best step for you. And most likely the next best step is a little more neutralized. It's not super positive. You don't have to jump there yet. You don't have to say, all right, I love my dick. I love my dick. (laughs) I have a great size. I have a great size. I have a great size. That's not going to do anything. (laughs) So you want to take it one step at a time, start acknowledging yourself, the body parts you like. You know what? I'm not crazy about, I'm not crazy about my body, but you know, I do like how my shoulders have been filling in since I've been working out more. Bam. That's a great step. All right, maybe I don't love this, but I I don't hate it. That's a great step if you're coming from the place of like, I hate the way I look, you know? So try to find that next step because you guys are totally capable of finding that next step. And like I said, if you need help from me one-on-one, it's definitely worth it to sign up for my coaching because I will help you rewire the way your mind is thinking. I will help you build a new relationship with your body and your sex life. Um, So that you can actually start appreciating it and having a lot more fun with it than where you're at now, which is probably more stress and and dick-related issues that come with that stress. So I want to get all of my clients to the point of seeing where they can be and then giving them this game plan and giving them step-by-step actions to take so that they always feel like they know what to do next and they always feel like they're making small, sustainable progress, which is the best kind of progress to make until they get to their goals. So sign up for coaching. Um, I know I'm talking about a lot of things today in terms of ways to help you, but I also want you to see, wow, there's a lot of things I can do to help myself. You know, um, that's another reason why I'm just mentioning all these outlets. Like you guys, there's so much out there for you. Like please seek help in one way or another. You don't have to sign up for me or Cheeks or the sex subscriptions, but sex meditation subscriptions, but you need to do something if you're in a place where you're, you're thinking badly about yourself and you're holding back from your sex life when you really want to be experiencing it and you want to be living it. Sex is great, guys. And I know a lot of you are like, fuck, I wish I was like more active there, but I'm just not because of this thing. And maybe one day, that one day is today. Otherwise, it's always going to be one day, one day. And then before you know it, you're 60 and you're like, fuck, why didn't I ever get help for this? All I had to do was ask Steph for help. All I had to do was reach out to someone. And I want to give you permission to do that because I think that there's so much, um, there's so much pressure on men to just know the answer, right? I mentioned this a lot. Like, oh, I should just know. I should just know what to do. But you shouldn't, guys. Like, you shouldn't just know everything. Um, And sex, between sex, between men and women, like, we don't just know how to have great sex, We only know by understanding ourselves, which means we have sexual experiences with ourselves, by ourselves, to understand the way our mind and body work together when we're aroused and what that means for us and where that leads us to and what we want it to lead us to, right? Like you have to do the work to be, to have that awareness. And then once you have it, you have to do the work to communicate it with a partner, which is a whole nother skill set. So these are all skills that can be built. You can fix Everything you're dealing with, just because you have a smaller dick than average does not mean you have to live in shame. You do not. 
there are plenty of guys out there who are smaller than average who are killing it in the bedroom and feeling good about themselves because they don't let them stop them. They don't let those thoughts stop them. And I don't want it to stop you either. It doesn't have to, so let's not let it, right? So whatever... Whatever thing that I mentioned today that feels like the best step for you, whether it's one-on-one coaching, cheeks, or the sex meditations, take a step today. Give yourself that step. Be like, all right, I'm going to take a step towards changing my language to, to a more neutral place around the thing that I'm feeling most ashamed of in my body or specifically my dick size. And I'm also going to take a step to get some form of help with these three things or another thing from somewhere else. Just... Put the action towards it because when we put action towards things, we see progress. We do. So you could do this. You got this. I'm cheering you on. I'm your biggest fan and supporter. Um, And that's it, guys. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. Talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.